Hello, uh, it's time for uh, another episode of um, It's All uh, Talking. Uh, today I'll be talking about my extreme weight loss journey, uh, where I lost over 100 pounds. Of course, uh, just right off the top, this is not going to be a motivation podcast, right? This is not me uh, telling you how I lost all that weight and uh, trying to inspire you guys to imitate me and be as awesome and as... Uh, determined as I am. Now, that's that's not it, uh, mainly because it's not my style, but also because uh, I don't think uh, my path was really something people should emulate. Uh, if anything, I uh, probably came out unhealthier in some ways after losing the weight, uh, mentally and physically. Um, yeah, so uh, I had been uh, overweight uh, all my life. I'd, uh, the highest I'd weighed myself in was uh, 298. Uh, but I'd been uh, over 200 pounds since I was uh, 12 years old. I think the first uh, conversation I remember a doctor having with me and my parents about my weight was uh, when I was like seven years old. It was uh, him talking about uh, what my diet might be to lead to me getting as chubby as I was and how we could correct that going forward. Right? And uh, because I was always the ta- one of the tallest kids, if not the tallest kid in class, and I was pretty um i came from a somali culture where you know you're known to trade insults with one another especially in your house so i was always good at uh holding my own in arguments and fights so i never really was bullied too much but uh there was an extent to which um there was always some teasing you know um it was what people would go to if they wanted to make me feel low right there was always a presence of uh, my man boobs um, for them to point out to uh, kind of take the wind out of my sails in an argument and uh, get a cheap laugh. Of, of course, uh, the, since it was uh, occurring throughout my uh, schooling, um, my entire uh, yeah, I, I had gained de- defense mechanisms, right? So by the time I got older, you know that kind of thing rolled off my back. But there was still uh, inward, uh, yeah, an internal dynamic created by uh, that. Uh, it's, yeah, the teasing that had an infa- yeah ramifications later on, right? So like the even though I wouldn't care if somebody were to point out that my man boobs were existent, I'd probably just think less of them. Uh, what would happen is that I would still be insecure about them, not independent of whether or not anybody pointed them out. I would be self-conscious, right? I, I would uh, the way I describe this to people is that um, the, the dynamic that it would create is that when you think of a kid in seventh grade, um, you know, around the time when uh, people are going through puberty, all the boys in the class are noticing all the other uh, the girls developing uh, breasts, I'm just hoping one of them develops bigger tits than me so people stop focusing on mine. That's the shift in, um, in a frame of mind that uh, the weight had on me. Um, but uh, what happened is that it got dramatically worse um, after uh, my dad passed. Is something I talked about in the last episode. Is uh, one thing that happens with some people who experience these immense traumas is that there's changes in uh, your eating patterns. So even though I was, I didn't have the best ones beforehand. The combination of heavy drinking and like. Uh, convenience foods that's what would happen it was like i would be too depressed to think about anything all day uh eventually uh something you know, I, I would need to eat and then i would just clobber yeah put something together i was 
really quick. It could just be like a peanut butter sandwich. Some things you're just satisfied. The hunger doesn't necessarily have any nutritive value. So the reason, yeah, is you, you end up eating more just to satisfy your body's uh, nutrition requirements, right? Uh, and you're just getting a bunch of empty calories. Um, also has like a, that kind of a diet of uh, uh, like alcohol and lots of uh, processed foods. You're going to be creating like a large hit on your liver because your liver has to metabolize both the fructose and the uh, and the uh, alcohol uh, that you're <laughs> you're killing yourself with. So uh, uh, it's an overdrive. You're uh, probably prone to pre-diabetes. Any number of things that could have happened to me. Uh, so what I would probably have been maybe around 225 to 30 pounds uh, throughout, uh, yeah, probably gave, moving from, I'd say, 220 to 240 fluctuations uh, until that point, and then I just had a steady upward trajectory until one day I weighed myself at 298 pounds, and I probably, uh, that was a big day for me, um, significant, although I, I, you know, I probably did at some point in time cross that 300 uh, threshold, uh, it was really important for me to just never actually see it on a scale. So I was like, okay, 298, we're never, this is the worst that ever, we're ever going to allow it to get. And uh, at that point, even though I was uh, 24 years old, I would have uh, difficulty just walking upstairs, right? Uh, thankfully, I'm six foot two, so it kind of spreads it out. I can carry the little weight, uh, the weight a bit more. It's not as bad as it could have been, but... Um, it was still dramatically unhealthy, um, and once it, I began to worry about what were some dramatic health implications, um, also as my mood began to lift up, which uh, I touched on somewhat in uh, that first episode, as I began to break out of the uh, funk that I was in, um, the weight loss began to, I began to notice uh, and care more about the uh, yeah, my long-term well-being, right? Uh, when you're, as I didn't explain it in the first episode, but I was like suicidal when I was 20, did not want to go through with it just because I thought it would be uh, horrible examples to set for my sister, right? And uh, my one of my younger sisters who thinks so much like me, I felt like if I did it, it was almost a guarantee that she would do it too. So even though I had no real nothing to live for, no thought that, like, my life would get any better in any way, like, I had a really dark tweet from that time <laughs> that I once stumbled upon, saying that if life was a movie, I'd uh, fast forward until the heart attack, that's where I was, right, so if you're, you don't really care too much about, uh, your, uh, yeah, your, the health of your, uh, metabolism when you're hoping to fast forward to death, and, uh, think of me as a way out, you know, slow suicide, um, yeah, um, once that kind of shifted, it became much easier for me to focus. And the first, I, I'd probably break my weight loss. i definitely break my weight loss into two uh, waves. Uh, the first one was definitely the healthy one. That's the one I'm going to discuss now, where um, motivated by that 298-pound uh, weigh, weigh in and uh, the sense of, you know, breathlessness once I just walk up the stairs, I began uh, going for walks, um, uh, just long walks to live near the Humber River, uh, there's a recreational trail, so every morning the first thing I would do was just like pick up and uh, go for a long walk, and I would walk until my legs started to feel tired, and I, I would turn home, and uh, 
because the longer it would, uh, it w yeah, the longer the walks would take, I would almost, uh, as the walks got longer, I almost kind of forced me into, uh, almost an intermittent kind of fasting state, although I didn't, um, really kind of think of it in those terms. It was just, uh, by going for like a two hour long walk, begin first thing in the day, just kind of push breakfast in the way I intermittent faster kind of live, right? Um, and I was like also a bit more conscious about what I ate, I tried to eat uh, more healthy things. I noticed that uh, the importance of like having food ready that was healthy, or like I talked about earlier, the convenience foods that I would uh, scarf myself down, uh, uh, scarf down uh, and whatnot. If I had uh, you know, the foresight to like plan and cook and stuff, then I'd be much less likely to eat that because I usually don't even enjoy it, um, the stuff I was eating. So these you know, common sense changes uh, did have dramatic impacts. And I w probably went, I think I went down from 200 to maybe 250, 240 pounds, 45 around, uh, within like maybe a year. So it's not uh, the fastest thing in the world, but. Um, it was probably around what you would recommend because they don't recommend you go over. It's probably a little over than um, a pound. I'd say like maybe a pound and uh, an was there 1.08 pounds I guess a week is what I was, might have been losing. I don't know off the top of my head, but um, yeah, it's not um, it's it's not what a dietitian would be alarmed about, right? It's a moderate, uh, reasonable rate at which to lose weight. So I would probably classify that all as healthy. Uh, but I did plateau, right? Uh, as happened, your caloric uh, output uh, decreases when you lose weight, right? So, um, as you probably know, uh, so if you're burning 2,500 calories at 300 pounds, at 250 pounds, you, let's say you're burning 200 and 200, uh, yeah, 2,250. Uh, so that difference is going to be. Um, it make it harder for you to lose weight. You're gonna have to work out. Uh, a little bit harder, eat a little bit less to lose the same weight, weight at the same rate as you had before. So it's, you're kind of prone towards plateauing. Uh, that happened. Not necessarily a bad thing though, because like if I had focused on my overall health, not just my weight, I would notice that you know my blood pressure decreased a lot, uh, cardiovascular output uh, through the roof, right? I could, um, yeah, had much more endurance. Uh, my mood was increased. Uh, I didn't notice at the time, but uh, did have like a, some benefits to my like gut health, right? Uh, which had ramifications on my skin. My skin looked better. Uh, things like that, right? Um, I begun to notice some symptoms of like, you know, the borborygmus, you know, the uh, gurgling that happens uh, that some IBS patients complain about. For me, it wasn't that bad, but it was enough for me to worry that I might be developing some kind of issues there, and thankfully that seemed to have been pushed back too. So there are lots of big positives, uh, but there was a plateau, and that's all I focused on. So then I began uh, trying to go to the gym, um, which I never really, I'm never, uh, that's not my style, the gym. I'm not a gym type of person. Uh, it's not exertion that I have a problem with. It's just that the kind of exertion that occurs in the gym is stuff that bores me before I'll get a workout, right? Uh, so I can just, out of sheer willpower and determination, to lose weight and build muscle, just force myself to do it for days on end. Like I could do three times a week, five times a week for a couple months and see some progress. And then 
what will happen though uh, is you'll go on a you know go on a yeah a weekend with your friends go ha you have some drinks eat a bit and then you'll have gained maybe four or five pounds in a weekend or something like that <clears throat> enough to have ruined the little progress that you had that you fought for and that did cycle of like intense motivation demoralization and motivation more yeah, demoralization <clears throat> was just um yeah that kind of went on for about a year and a half on its own uh where i was just growing increasingly frustrated at my lack of ability to lose weight uh, i broke out of that eventually during a trip to kenya a trip that was like so bad that it could make its own podcast episode i almost died on that trip i had like a malaria typhoid um i on the plane ride back i had a double ear infection which was so painful that every time the plane would change altitude i'd begin to cry it was such a bad trip such a bad trip but what happened during it is because um i had to uh visit like uh, some uh, some small there's a large uh i had to visit lots some of your relatives in Kenya, who live primarily in the uh, densely populated Somali, heavy, yeah, it's called the East Lee, it's a community in Nairobi, which is like Little Mogadishu is what they call it. So, the, there's a problem with that is that there's high incidence of cholera there, uh, and the Health Canada advises that people do not eat um, cooking, yeah, locally prepared food there. You just eat at a restaurant, don't have dinner with your cousins. Because you know they're they're going to poison you with their best of intentions. It will all happen, and they, the doctors there would. Uh, my little brother had been living in Kenya for a little while, so, and when he first moved there, um, the the doctors would say that uh, you Canadians, y'all, you Westerners, y'all have weak stomachs. <clears throat> Africans, we have iron, so they're just used to it, and you'll just get yeah, you'll drive yourself sick with the parasite. So I was kind of, I was worried. I was kind of staying off, away from food, and I didn't notice the extr uh, uh, extreme lengths uh, until like there would be like two, three days at a time where I would go without really eating anything, right? And this is also like for other reasons, which I don't want to waste too much time going into right now. The trip was so incredibly bad and so stressful that um, that um, yeah, I didn't have much time to think about food. Anyways, I was usually too angry or upset. Uh, stressed out to even think about eating. So <clears throat> what happened? Well, I began to notice uh, that I was losing weight. People began to notice I was losing weight, and it felt good. It was only the thing I kind of enjoyed during that entire trip is uh, just the chicken. So I was maybe 250, uh, 255, 260. Because I was gaining, I fluctuated, and sometimes it'd be the higher end of it. And I think when I went on the trip, um, there was one picture that my mom took of me and my sister at the airport and I just you know when you see a certain angle which isn't very flattering and kind of shows the extent of your gut and what it was just a nasty picture and by the time I came back I looked dramatically different so you could just see uh yeah and it was just the, because it was the only good feeling uh, I kind of had during that trip it just made sense to kind of chase it more right so like do I want to uh eat you know, I could eat, I suppose, but I can keep this trend going, and who knows how far I get. So what ended up happening was after um, 
after a while, I, uh, as I was getting sicker too, because I developed malaria and typhoid, as I said, uh, what happened was, um, I began to worry that, you know, maybe this isn't the smartest thing to do. Um, didn't seem prudent to, uh, withhold myself of, like, basic sustenance indefinitely, uh, especially in, like, a third world country with a, uh, subpar medical system, right? Didn't seem wise to weaken myself. So what I did was I began reading about, uh, the impacts of, uh, starvation on the body and, course that leads you to the world of water fasting right uh, i'm not sure if you guys heard of it i don't want to introduce many people to it because it is like kind of kooky and uh, your doctor will probably be upset with me <laughs> if you began to do it uh, but it's yeah people just eating nothing and drinking water with maybe some electrolyte solutions depending on how uh prudent they want to be uh and um yeah it's um it can last for a very long What happens is uh, you can lose a dramatic amount of weight. There was one person who did it, I believe, for over a year. He lost, like, over, like, hundreds of pounds and whatnot. It's, it's usually people who have lots of excess weight can survive for an extended period of time on this. Um, but there's, like, there's problems, definitely problems. Like, one major problem is just the reduction of your electrolytes uh, uh yeah, the disbalance of uh, electrolytes in your blood leads to uh, heart problems, right? Like you think about um, anorexia, like well, anorexics die of heart disease, right? And a lot of the same <clears throat> heart problems uh, can be experienced by people who just uh, undergo these prolonged fasts, right? There's still like some like uh, controversy, there's some doctors who actually recommend this kind of thing, and I think maybe like if it's limited to like a week or so, which is the longest I've done, and, and it's doctor supervised, maybe in some ways uh, you can justify it because there are benefits that are being studied. Like uh, there's a process called autophagy, which is like the body's uh, way of recycling uh, protein in like uh, yeah dead cells, uh, and uh, and uh, fasting promotes that, uh, right? So it's thought to link to longevity. So people, there are some doctors that are recommending maybe like once a year, once every few years that people consider taking an extended fast. That's not what I was doing. What I was doing was how do I uh, lose weight as quickly as possible by not eating, right? How long can I push this right now? Like I, I, had, I felt like I had momentum how do I keep this momentum before I lose it and plateau again? Which is was what I was thinking. Um, so I, when I was in Kenya, um, I that's when I began doing the research. I felt like when I was uh, when I came back to Toronto, I would uh, attempt uh, an earnest uh, water fast. So I had antibiotics. This is how nuts I was. I was like I had a very bad ear infection. Uh, as I said, and a doctor gave me antibiotics, and I was like, okay, as soon as I'm done my antibiotics, I'm going to starve myself for <laughs> at least a week. Um, as soon as I don't need to eat to, uh, yeah, not waste my medication. As soon as I feel top shape, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, do it. And I, I did it for a week. Um, in that time, I think I lost 13 pounds. So I went down at the combination of that trip and the uh, the one week, I believe it took me down from 265 to 230. Um, and then from from that, um, I, I noticed that, of course, I realized that like 
doing the water fasts was not something that's sustainable. I didn't realize that initially, of course. Like, even though all my friends were telling me, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is... Don't, like, stop eating. My mom, my grandma were worried. Like, what the hell are you doing to yourself? Um, um, it, I still thought, okay, you know, I'll just... I can't do it all the time, but I'll just wait. Like, I'll wait a couple months, and I'll do it again. And I'll wait a couple months, I'll do it again. And it's just a matter of plateauing, right? Making sure I plateau in between those that I don't regain any weight in the interim, right? So just uh, keep on having maybe like one week, three day fast until I was at my goal weight and then I could stop, right? Is what I felt. Um, thankfully, uh, what happened though was instead of it's probably not that good, but it's, it's definitely not as extreme. Was uh, it did change my relationship with food and my. Uh, degree of willpower I felt like I could exert over it and the amount of uh, my hunger which I felt was like uh, psychologically generated as opposed to being like actual hunger uh, so I became better able at controlling my food urges so I was able to like kind of stick to strict intermittent fasting regimes and like um, OMAD one meal a day kind of thing so I would be like pushing um, my meals as far as I could until I was like, because yeah, once you um, go without food for a very long time, you learn what hypoglycemia and hunger actually means. So once I begin to feel that, I would uh, uh, eat um, as much as like yeah, really high fiber, healthy food uh, meal, and then uh, hopefully that would keep me going until the next day, right? Uh, and I would make sure I ate enough. Uh, but it would mean like uh, because I was eating in such small windows and I was, I was eating such high fiber foods uh, like not vegetarian but like yeah this it meant that like I couldn't eat enough to gain weight during the times that I, uh, I was allowing myself with the things I was allowing myself to eat so I had another extended period of weight loss I went down maybe yeah I think the lowest I weighed myself in was 195. So 298 to 195, um, yeah, sorry, 185, yeah, sorry, uh, yeah, so 113 pounds total is what I lost, um, but at the t the thing was, I could probably keep going at the time, right, I've gained since I've, uh, uh, kind of plateaued again, and, like, I've taken the foot off the throttle, which is something I'll go into, but, um, but my, initially, when I was, like 298 pounds like uh, my doctor's uh recommendation was i get down to like around 210 uh 200 pounds personal trainers at the gym would recommend around the same thing and i noticed as i would get closer to that it became like there was no ch real change in my uh it's so, like i would notice let's say uh strong reductions in like the size of my man boobs but i'm like oh these things are not gone completely so it's like i there was expecting like a almost a transformation into a body that I would like, but after losing 100 pounds, it became clear that, oh, I'm not going to really lose my, lose weight into, yeah, I'm not going to get rid of my insecurity by losing weight. It's going to be there throughout, it's just going to shift, right? Um, I'll be insecure about other things, uh, and I'm still going to notice what, yeah, I'm going to focus on any negative uh, or things I perceive to be negative features in uh the mirror just because I'm like psychologically predisposed to that kind of thing, that insecurity, that's it. It doesn't matter what I actually look like because of the, the um, I, I've seen like people, yeah, pe people with uh, 
describing now is uh, somewhat, I guess, attractive. Uh, something it's kind of it's kind of weird to be know yourself to be viewed by people. Yeah, seen by people in that way, having been insecure about your looks all of your adult life. Um, it is kind of weird, but um, it does not really. It hasn't changed the way I kind of view myself, right? Uh, uh, if anything, like the shift in the way people perceive me was very like a source of frustration and i think like a lot of people um it was so hard to describe to people that uh, i uh actually had to google uh went online to see if anybody's experienced the same problem as i had or i've never done this before but it's like am i the only one who's going through it? am i crazy like because what happened was um you know like there's a, a there's a sense of frustration anger that you have when you know you haven't changed at all but people suddenly begin to respond to you in a much better way, right? Uh, people are much kinder, people are much more generous, people are much more polite, uh, attentive, attentive when you look good. At least that's been my experience, right? Uh, like when I'm running for like a bus, the bus driver is much more likely now to stop <laughs> for me. I don't know why, right? People do me little favors, right? Uh, it's strange. Uh, things that they definitely would not have done before, right? And I'm like the same person, so it just like you focus on the superficiality of, I guess, or culture, uh, and it just makes you more angry. It's like uh, you kind of get upset when people give you attention, and the amount of attention too was just so unbearable, right? It was like, I, I at least for me, I don't know, like, like there, again, I know there are pretty people who are, are much have much worse to complain about than I was, but it's just relative to what I was used to in my life. And uh, the amount of attention was just annoying. It's like I couldn't go on, I couldn't read on the subway without like looking up and seeing people staring at me. And also it's like the way you interface, you interact with people changes too, because no one's insecure, nervous talking to like a fat guy, um, right? They don't like, like a girl, for example, uh, she's not going to, like, I would be much more likely to have an actual conversation with people as opposed to when I had switched into the realm of being, uh, considered attractive, uh, and people would begin to try to, uh, impress me and get on my good side. So it would just mean that we're not having, like, an organic conversation, right? And it's not true with everybody, but you focus on the people who are acting a certain way, right? And it just can make sense, like, these, I can't, like, when you think about it, you can't blame these people, um, right? Like, um... Yeah, no, I'm not saying, oh, you can't blame them for being, to me, I'm so attractive, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I can't uh, judge them too harshly just because of the way they respond to the feeling of attraction, if that's what they're feeling towards me. It's just a less, yeah, it just doesn't mean they're bad people or it's shallow or anything. I don't know anything about them. It's just uh, a reaction that I'm not used to, and it makes me kind of feel uncomfortable. I was considering, because I am bald, I... Uh, shave uh, my head usually i do have though like not bad hair is really you have to take my word for it but i had like really really nice soft hair when i was a, uh, back in the day when i was a kid lovely lovely hair um but um what happens with it is uh, it would be straight early on and then it would kind of get into a bit unruly so it would become like a a jufro right uh long soft curls um but impossible to manage and when you have that on two-thirds of your head, the top is completely bald, you end up looking like a mad scientist, right? People point, look at you, and it's like a clown hair, right? They're, they're kind of, if you painted it red, there would be clown hair. Um, and uh, people look at you and just like, yeah, that guy, 
is emotionally unstable, right? So you can't really wear that around. Uh, but uh, yeah, I wanted to like stop shaving and uh, grow my hair out as long as I could, just to try to make myself look as ugly as possible, so I would get uh, less attention because it was beginning to bother me as much, uh, so much. Um, yeah, so not only did the insecurity not go away, the one benefit that you would think, uh, the attention that I always wanted when I was a kid, even that became annoying, right? Also, too, is like, the, uh, for me, because, like, I, I guess growing up around, uh, like, some narcissistic personalities, uh, I uh, always had, a, like, I was been distasteful of, like, high, strong egos, um, people who are overconfident, um, and I would hate to, yeah, find that, I kind of police my own thoughts, uh, ever since I was a kid for, uh, this kind of douchey behaviors, not things I would like about myself, so I didn't want to think of myself as a vain person, and, uh, yeah, going into a room and just assuming that people are attracted to you because of their reaction, uh, whatever it is, if it's a nervousness or not, is uh, the kind of douchiness that I did not really want for myself, so that was another problem too, I just, uh, I think the one benefit is like I got um, a few stand-up jokes maybe from that, or uh, one is like um, that, uh, you know, like just setting up the premise that like I did lose the weight and it's changed the way people notice me and like uh, look at me and uh, get a lot more attention, and, you know, like I have to kind of catch myself, right, because it's not everybody who looks at you is attracted to you, or I'm kind of pre-primed towards assuming that now, right, I have to catch myself, one example, other day on the bus, you know, there was this uh, girl sitting in the back, and she would get, like, really nervous whenever uh, she'd catch me looking in that general direction, and, um, you know, of course, there's a possibility that she was just kind of nervous, and uh, didn't know how to re react, or afraid I would find out that she was into me, uh, yeah, that's a possibility, but in this instance, I actually think it had a little more to do with the fact that I was a driver, right? So that's one benefit I got uh, from it, is a, uh, a joke. <laughs> but for the most part, is just uh, my internal life is, uh, yeah, just a little bit more fucked up. I'm kind of between um, um, not wanting to beat myself up uh, for... Um, gaining weight, trying to remind myself that, you know, food can be enjoyable as in just, uh, yeah, something you consume to uh, fluctuate your weight, right? There's more important things, to nutrition and enjoyment, right? Uh, both things I have to remember to keep in mind now, right? I had to actually train myself to go to restaurants and eat, like, really rich foods, and, right? Uh, unhealthy foods. I remember the first time in a year and a half when I had to like kind of force myself to eat ice cream. Like I enjoyed the ice cream, but like even one cup of Baskin Robbins ice cream was like one of those tiny little cups. It's like, nah, maybe I'll eat half, right? It's just, yeah. So it took a while. I think I'm still undergoing it. Um, so, um, this is why I do not like, uh, recommend it, <laughs> right? It's cause like, uh, one, um, maybe seven months of, uh, weight loss, because that's probably when the most intense period was going on, the end, uh, the second wave. That has led to, yeah, just, um, at least a year of, like, stress and, um, me trying to ref, yeah, trying to kind of do cognitive behavioral therapy on myself, right, trying to rewire, 
reframe my relationship with food, which is uh, very difficult once you let it get as to be as unhealthy as I did. So, like, if you want to like focus on your health, that's one thing, but just make sure that you don't get so caught up on the number that you lose track of that, right? And I could have lost that weight in a, a healthier way, right? I could have done an accelerated version of instead of walking every morning, I could have done like a more intense workout. I could have like just not been as dis discouraged when I gained a little bit of weight. There's other things I could have done to have uh, continued to lose that weight in a stable way, but what I chose instead to do was do, lose it the fastest way I could, and um, it was that emotional dividends that I got from the weight loss, uh, looking good, the vanity, and the, like, the trend that, on the scale, that began to matter to me more than my own health, right? Like there's uh, the, I remember watching an interview with the, like a, I think former head of the American Cardiology Association talking about the ketogenic diet and its tendency to increase heart attacks. I think uh, it's like increases your chance of all-cause mortality significantly. And if you have like a one heart attack, I think it increases your chance of getting another heart attack by 50%. I think it increases your chance of getting a first heart attack by a third or something like that. Uh, it's ridiculous. So what the guy said is that if this, if looking good is more important than you, to, for you than being alive, then yeah, the keto diet might be the thing for you. And for me, that was definitely the case. That looking good and uh, having a uh, low number uh, was more important to me than anything, right? Uh, I would caution people from ever allowing themselves to get to that same step, right? It's not, I, I wouldn't go as far as um, some people in the fat acceptance movement go by saying that, like, uh, you know, there is no health implications to being weight because, uh, overweight because I feel uh, some of the difference. Like I said, in the first, going from 300 pounds to maybe 250, 240, and being in that plateau, I did have huge health impact, right? I wasn't panting going up the stairs. I was able to go to the gym and work out. I was able to, yeah, like, yeah. It's a, so that there is, yeah, it was important to have lost that weight, I'd still say. And I'm happy that I continue to lose it. Um, I'm happy I went down below 200. Um, and I don't really, I'm not eager to gain any of it back. But it's important for people not to let that insecurity uh, let you lose sight of things and to realize that that insecurity is not going to go away because it's a product of your thought process. It's not like an objective reaction to your weight, right? Because um, that's the way when you're young it, and uh, going through the insecurity, it just seems like the reason you feel like that is because, uh, you're, yeah, it's an objective reaction. You sh you sh there's no other way that you should feel uh, when you're carrying around this disgusting amount of extra weight but once yeah it it'll be, maybe it's the kind of thing you have to actually go through to realize uh, maybe it's not the kind of thing that I wouldn't be able to uh, it, somebody might not agree with listen to when it's coming from me but yeah it's you can lose the weight and you're still gonna feel yeah you're not gonna be thrilled with what you see um, so yeah, I would say don't do it. Uh, do like do it if you're unhealthy, right? Like if you have unhealthy patterns, yeah, of course, like uh, change those. Uh, but don't don't ever do 
extended crash water fast to lose as much weight as you can as possible. Uh, don't do that. Uh, take it from me. If you want to do, uh, if your doctor advises you to take a, you know, a medically supervised uh, thing, I would uh, reconsider the doctor that you're going to. It might be a quack, uh, might not be, right? Again, there's some interesting research. But uh, uh, if your doctor is willing to recommend it on that research, uh, uh, unless he's giving you very thorough supervision, uh, I would uh, I would kind of stay clear of it. So yeah, uh, that's my weight loss story. Thanks.